Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. Thanks so much for being here. If you are new here, this is a show all about self-care and self-discovery. And I, I really learned both of these things through the practice of yoga. Eventually, I became a yoga teacher. And now, 11 years later, I just love bringing new practices to you on this show. And today, we are jam-packed with so many different self-care ideas. Our guest, Andy eaton Alleman, also known as Wee Wee Girl, is an author. She's a creator. She's studied Ayurveda, and she's launching a skincare brand. Today, she's on the show talking about nature-inspired rituals, specifically using the elements. Now, I learned in this conversation that there are five elements. In fact, we work with four elements in astrology um, and that there's this like bonus element that Andy talks about today that is so interesting. Aether. Aether. I was going to say aether because that's how it's spelled. Aether. <laughs> and it really connects to this like larger purpose. It's it's a little meta. And Andy gives some cool ideas for embracing that particular element in your self-care practice, as well as the other four elements and how you can bring those into your routines, into your rituals, into your everyday. So grab a notepad in this episode because Andy gives some recipes. She has some face masks, tea rituals. We talk about the importance of getting out in nature regularly, even for just those short digital detox breaks. And if you love Andy, make sure to grab her new book, Elemental, Nature-Inspired Rituals to Nourish Your Life. More info on that in the show notes. Before we chat with Andy, everybody, a little astro update. Usually I talk about what's coming ahead, but I wanted to talk about something that passed over the weekend because it was a lot. I felt it, and I'm curious if you felt it too. So it was a full moon in Aquarius. Let's just talk about what full moons are, what they mean, how they feel. So a full moon in astrology is really kind of that culmination of energy in the lunar cycle, okay? When you're looking at it in astrology, both, so the sun is in one sign and the moon is in another, they're in opposite signs. The sun will always be opposite of where the moon is. And so when the moon is in Aquarius, as it was this past weekend, the sun will be in that opposite sign, which is in Leo. So if you are somebody who is born with opposite sun and moon, you were born on or very close to a full moon. Fun fact. Okay, so full moons, when we're looking at the lunar cycle, are really that like culmination of energy. And that's why they just can be really heavy. They can feel like a lot. It's really interesting to compare lunar cycles to the the female cycle to the menstrual cycle because it's almost identical in that like 28-day lineup where it peaks, where it starts to wane in energy. And so think of that full moon energy as like that ovulation peak, full energy, potency, maybe a little drama here and there, but like that's okay, right? So this last full moon was really, really potent. Leo is this big sign. It has a lot of energy. Aquarius is very different. We're in this moment of Aquarius energy. And so perhaps this particular moon felt even more impactful to you. But in general, full moons are are kind of a lot. And where I notice this the most is, is after the fact, where you know, I do know what's coming in terms of the lunar cycles, but I'm not always like paying attention to like, okay, this today is exactly the full moon. It's after a couple days later where I'm like, oh, I feel kind of hungover. I'm like, I don't really drink anymore. So I know it's not bad. <laughs> or that my kids will 
kind of have that same feeling. This particular full moon, my daughter, who's an Aquarius sun, really felt this. Like I could see it in her that she was just like, overwhelmed with all of this energy and after it was done like a day or two later she kind of felt like oh really tired really exhausted so the full moon happened on the first and again think back like what did you notice did you feel that energy surge it's really interesting to see this play out in the everyday like you might notice you know people that are more sensitive to lunar cycles like are just really exhausted after the fact or they're that heightened sense of intensity around that full moon um is there anything you need to do with this no not really it's just kind of an interesting study to see like are you sensitive to moons Um, Is the full moon something that you resonate with? And like, maybe you just plan in some extra rest after the fact, after those big full moons every month, even just like knowing like I'm going to sleep in for an extra 15 minutes a day after a full moon because I need that time, whatever feels good to you. I'd be so curious. Do you guys notice these? Do you feel hungover sometimes (laughs) after full moons? I do. I guess I'm like way too sensitive at this point. All right, friends, before we get to Andy, a big shout out and thank you to user Sammy Witch, great name, for leaving a new review, giving some good vibes on on the Apple Podcast reviews. So grateful. Those are really appreciated, friends. I've seen a couple come through on Spotify too, where like you answer this question. I didn't even know Spotify did that. So thank you so much. If you learn anything from these episodes, please consider hopping on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leaving a few heart emojis, a little review if that feels good. And yeah, I appreciate you being here, being a part of this community. If you want to be a part of it even more, I do drop emails every couple of weeks with additional self-care ideas, some upcoming events in the email newsletter. So get on that list with a link in the show notes. And yeah, let's hop to it. Let's talk nature-inspired rituals with Andy Eden Alleman, Wee Wee Girl. All right. Welcome, Andy. Thanks so much for being on the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. I have so many, so many questions First off, how the heck are you? We're laughing because it's Mercury retrograde. Like, are you doing okay? I'm making it. I'm making it. Thank you so much for having me. We are here. The technology is now working for us. So we're doing it. So good to see you. Thank you. You too. And like you said, you just dropped your new book two weeks ago. That's so exciting. How's that been like feeling? Are you feeling like, man, this is because you've done this before, but like, is it different each time? Like- it's totally different each time. And this one is a little bit, I don't know, it's its a different feeling for all the reasons. But I started working on it in 2020. And now here we are in 2023. So it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I'm reflecting on this part of me and where I really was in a time that was really challenging for most mm-hmm. of us. And so I don't know. I'm having this like big awareness of like, okay, that's where you were and you've come so far in three years time. And the practices that are in this book are the things that were really getting me through that time. And they're so good for us anytime, but I'm just really feeling that reminder and that reflection. And and that's really fun. And I'm really proud of the book. It turned out so beautiful. And I'm just getting such amazing feedback from all the folks in my community and people that are finding it that don't know who I am and are like, hey, girl, this is so great. Thank you. So that feels incredible, too. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. What a gift to come out of such a time of isolation like that and have, I mean, I think a lot of us experienced that in some way, shape or form, or we were 
pulling some brightness out of a very dark time. And now having been, you know, three years removed, like we're seeing those fruits of our labor really coming to fruition. Would you agree? Oh my gosh. It's so, so true. And, you know, I think we all process that time really differently. And for me, I really went inward. I did two things. I went super inward and then I got outside a lot. Like those were the only two things that were really available was like, my meditation practice, my yoga practice, Mm -hmm. my breathwork practice, or being outside in nature. And so that's what really supported me during that time. And those two approaches going inward and the time spent outside really supported my creativity, which then helped me to do something like write a book, which I don't think in a normal world, I was having time and space for that. But because of the requirement to slow down, it was like, hey, I'm doing this work for myself. I might as well record it and put some structure to it. And what if it could be something that is a bit of a wellness manual for other people down the road as I was kind of going through it personally. So I think that 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 time helped me to have that space in a way that I didn't necessarily know I needed and certainly wouldn't have asked for in that way, but it, it did turn out to be something really supportive for me. I'd love to hear just what brought you to the work that you're doing now. Like what's your upbringing? What are some of the you know paths that you chose educationally to land where you are now? Sure. So I grew up in North Carolina and I spent my days in pine forests and weekends in the Appalachian Mountains and summers I would go to the coast and just enjoy the beauty of that state. My family was pretty quirky. My mom was a she was kind of a wellness fanatic before it was hip and so a lot of my learning around wellness came from her. She was like the tab drinking if you remember the tab soda of like the 80s, she was like the tab drinking aerobics instructor who was always like really interested in what would have been like biohacking techniques in the 80s. So I was always just kind of paying attention to what she was doing. And she certainly wasn't teaching me trends. She was just teaching me the value of considering how we take care of ourselves. And a lot of that was in being outside. And so I spent a lot of time outside as a kid, and I definitely found I was quite witchy as a child. I was like collecting stones and shells and feathers and making my own, all my own little concoctions and tinctures. And then, of course, like as it happens, as I got older and went to high school and then college, a lot of that just kind of leaves you because you get tuned into other things. And so I definitely noticed that I studied public relations in college and also studied biology. I had a major in PR and a minor in biology because I still was really interested in the sciences and I wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like in my life. But then my first big job was working for an Ayurvedic beauty brand. And then I spent over a decade with that company. So I was studying approaches to wellness all over again, just in a really different way. I was studying Ayurveda. I was studying aromaology, learning a lot about plant-based ingredients. And I loved seeing the difference that earthly ingredients could make in our health and our well-being and our beauty routines. And so I did that for a long time. It was over, over a decade. And then after being there for about 10 years, I was having this awareness that I needed to see what else was out there for me. And I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. I was really interested in traveling. I wasn't quite sure of how I was going to 
travel and make money either, but I was like, what, what could I do next that could work, work for me? And so I booked a one-way trip to the Southern coast of Spain. I found a place to live. It was a friend's parents' house that was going to be empty for six months. I was like getting really resourceful. And that's when I really found my way into my yoga practice, my meditation practice. I started creating lessons for myself and really looking at, okay, what do I need to support my own well-being and to discover what's going to be next for me? Because I really didn't have a path carved out and what I would do next. I really needed the space to find that. And at that same time, I was starting my blog, Wee Wee, which now has been, it's over 10 years old. I'd started the blog while I was still in my corporate job, very much as a personal project. And today, the mission of Wee Wee is to inspire confidence and self-worth and well-being through holistic practices, conscious living, mystical thinking, um, the art of ritual. And now it's a space where we have writers and educators and wellness practitioners contributing. And that's given me the opportunity to take that space to write the books that I've been able to write and um, and now start working on the capsule skincare collection and um, and just really continue to find what lights me up along the way. That's so beautiful. I love that. And it's, you know, like we were saying early on, there's all these like budding ideas that I think happened in the last few years as it relates to how we can be better and yeah. to see you on this other side, like that was a while ago and now here you are and you're writing those books and you're like, you have a team that's writing for, for the blog. Like it's really inspiring to see, you know, people that are a little bit further on the path and say like me or other people that are just starting this. This is awesome. So thank Thanks you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and it's so funny, right. When we like reflect back on like the things that we've done and where we're going and it's, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, this is like the big shift. And like, you know, there was the big leap of leaving my corporate job, but I left and didn't know what I was going to do. So then there was like, okay, what am I going to find myself into next? Mm. And I was being responsible about how I approached things. I was like, okay, I'm going to save money. I'm going to live somewhere that I can live really cheap, you know, live in a really cheap way. And every decision then impacted something new, some sort of new door opening. And I've, what I really learned was the more I follow my intuition, the more I pay attention to what really works for me, and it doesn't have to be what works for the next person, then things happen. Little moments of magic happen. And so mm-hmm. I um, now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, now I've written three books and that feels crazy and amazing. Um, but each moment of that was just following following the breadcrumbs. Listeners are always curious about intuition and specifically how it's individually coming to different people because we all experience so differently. What does it feel like or sound like or like or how do you receive intuition? Yeah, it is so different for all of us. And I think one way that it it arrives for each of us that is fairly similar is that voice that is for me, like what I hear, the way I hear that voice is it's like the voice of a kind grandmother. It's that gentle guidance that I receive that's like, go give this a try. Maybe call this person. Maybe speak to her. Maybe go take a walk this direction. Or in the case of like moving to Spain, maybe get on a plane and go live in Spain and see if there's a, a something that could be available to you. And it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to live in Spain. I'm going to live on the beach and I'm going to like where I was living was right next to this beautiful Buddhist temple. I did not have that in, in mind, 
But I had this idea of like, I want to live on the coast and I want to do some writing and I want to really connect to my meditation practice. And I had a friend that was like, hey, I heard you're like trying to go do like a little eat, pray, love thing this summer. My dad's <laughs> house is available and we kind of need someone to look after it for the next six months because he normally goes and he's not going to be going. And are you interested? And so the intuition was, the voice was, this could be something really soul fulfilling for you if you got open to it, to this idea of going somewhere and finding a, a place like this. And then the universal gift was my friend being like, hey, I actually have that place. Like, do you want to go there? So I think that that's, that's the thing to notice is intuition is never bossy. It's never like judgy. It's just like inviting you to explore. And when we listen to that voice, that wise, kind grandmother voice that's inviting us into something or into some direction, that's typically how we know that, that the intuition is, is, is tuning up for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. I like that. The, the wise grandmother, give it a sort of neutral, but, but also very confident in yeah. a way. That's so true. Yeah. That. So I'm excited to talk about the topic at hand, which is the elements. Mm-hmm. Can you just share how you bring this idea of the well, the wellness, the elements to wellness? We could call it the wellements. <laughs> how do you bring these two together? So the five elements, fire, earth, water, air, ether, they're present in all of us. They're present in everything. Fire energy is dynamic and passionate and heartfelt and can also be restless. Earth energy is tactile and material and rooted and sensual. Water is that energy that's mysterious and sensitive and emotional. And then air is conceptual and cerebral, communicative. And then there's this element of ether, which we can talk about because it's certainly one that we don't necessarily spend as much time on. And it's it's everything that we're made up and everything that surrounds us. And when we're working with these five elements from a wellness perspective, we we start to move a bit differently. So we make different decisions about how we're going to exercise, how we're going to practice our, our inward routines like meditation or breath work how, or, or our yoga practice, for example. Um, we start to think about how we're going to treat our bodies and specific ways based on what we really need at that moment. And so in the book, I talk a lot about Ayurvedic practices, astrological connection in terms of the elements. And there's other things we can consider too, like the climates we're living in, um, what the seasons are. And so what I find to be really special about working with the elements in regards to wellness is it's not super prescriptive. It's more about listening to what your body really needs, what you need energetically, where you are spiritually, and then finding practices to help you to find that balance and infuse those natural components of of everything into how you're inevitably treating yourself. Mm -hmm. So you said astrology is one of the ways that you determine someone's makeup and Ayurveda. So I feel like there's so many different routes that you could go with your elemental makeup. Is it about balance, like treating water with fire, or is it kind of like, like how do we know what we need at what given time? Yeah, it's such a good question. So part of the elemental practice is to let your body speak and listen 
very actively to what it has to say. And sometimes it takes some time to learn how to do that. Sometimes we may need, so like, let's say, for example, we're considering seasonal harmony. So each element is associated with a season, for example. So you could choose practices from the element that's associated with that season. So for example, in the springtime, you may choose practices that are all about renewal and that type of energy. And in that, when we like really dive into that, then that becomes water practices and things that are really, really gentle. Um, but you also might be feeling like, okay, I need something that's quite opposite of that to really connect to a balancing energy. And so in the springtime, you may do want to do practices that are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum that really help you to ground in and get really mm-hmm. earthed, for example. So it's really about, there's there's just so many ways to do it. You can consider consider the seasonal harmony. You consider can consider the cosmic attunement. So moon cycles, the astrology, all of those things, lunar phases, um, the cosmic, the things happening in the cosmos, all of that is really interesting to consider when you're working with elements geographical alignment. So like, where are you on the planet right now? Are you um, exploring places that are warmer climates, like a desert or a tropical island? Then you might want to, you might want to engage in fire practices, or you may be feeling called in a desert experience, for example, to go with water practices because you really need a balance of that. So over time, you'll, you start to really notice, like, what is my body? What is my energetic makeup really calling for. In the book, I have, um, it's a quiz to support you in finding your elemental constitution. It's a really good place to start because if Mm -hmm. you're like, hey, I don't know, do I need the balance right now? Or am I doing the practice that's aligned with the season? Like what is, or is it like, I'm a Leo, so I should do some fire things. So sometimes it can feel like I can't, I don't know which way to go. So the quiz is designed to help you choose practices that align to what your body is asking for right now. And if you do the quiz today, like next week, you may do the quiz and you get a completely different answer to what you need based on how you're feeling and how how you're just flowing energetically. So it's a good place to start. And then you can really start to have fun with it and consider, hey, I'm going to do these particular practices in the summertime because summer is a season of fire and that's going to be really fun to like help me spark some creativity and get some things flowing. So you you just you just get to you get to explore and then just see what your body's really asking for. Very cool. And I was actually it's funny we're talking about this today. I was just talking with a student this morning about about the elements and she's really air dominant. And she was saying that she doesn't like a lot of wind, like the idea of wind blowing through her, it feels like overwhelming. And I was like, oh yeah, that's like such an Ayurvedic way to think about it. And that like, she loves to be outside, but like more air, it's almost too much, right? It's out of balance. And like, we sort of do these things, like we are intuitive about our practices. But what I love about your book is that like, it also gives other ideas too. You feel like, okay, I'm kind of, I've done the walks. I'm ready for another way to connect to my earth element. Like what else can I do? Completely. Yeah. So when you're finding something like that, like you're out of balance, you're noticing the air is really dialed up, choose exercises from an opposite element to your current climate, your current astrological sign or what your astrological sign is, um, what the lunar placement is or what your location is kind of 
um, dictating, choose the opposite to get that balance. And so for her, she obviously like really knows, like I've got all this air energy going on all the time. I don't want to go stand up on a mountaintop and be windblown. Like that doesn't feel good to me. Um, she probably wants something where she feels a bit more cocooned and more, um, you know, more just, just, uh, inward sort of exercises. And maybe it's something like going to the sauna and like getting warmed up and just feeling like a little bit of that, like dry fire, which would be a really nice activity for someone who's got that sort of makeup. Yeah. This was a hot yoga. So you nailed it. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. So you talked about the quiz and finding that elemental constitution. Um, so if someone was like, okay, I just listened to this episode it's, it's hot girl summer. I'm ready to try something. What would you suggest, whether it like be a recipe or a practice or like where can they go from here? Oh, yeah. So, okay. If you're feeling like, all right, it's hot girl summer and I've, I want to get into some rituals that are going to really dial that energy up in me. I'll give you a couple of examples of, of rituals that would be really nice for someone who's like, yes, girl, let's go hot girl summer. So one of the rituals I really love (laughs) for that sort of vibe is the radiant sun mask. It's in the book. And this particular mask is designed to give your skin a warm, radiant glow. And it has two really magical ingredients. It has turmeric and it has saffron. It's really nice also for people that have rosacea or just natural redness in the skin or even sensitivity in the skin. Turmeric and saffron have antioxidant power. They're really soothing. They're anti-inflammatory. They encourage circulation. So it's really good for you all around. But the hot girl summer vibe is like, I want my skin to be glowing. I want to be like fully radiant and like everything that I'm doing. So with the radiant sun mask, you're doing all this beautiful work on the skin. It's really easy to make. You basically mix yogurt, raw honey, the saffron and the turmeric in a bowl, apply it just like you would any other mask. And then I would even add some like really beautiful hot girl summer mantras that are just like really giving you that like vibe while you're letting that mask sit. And then you keep the mask on your skin. The mixture is going to be this like beautiful golden glowy sort of color. And then after about 10 minutes, you rinse it off and there you go. So that's like a nice little hot girl summer fire practice that's like great for skin and just a nice little like treat for self. And then you can do your little mantras while you're letting that mask process. And you've got like a little bit of mind and skin work, body work, soul work all going on at the same time. So there's practices like that all through the book and you can kind of feel into it. Like what's my vibe right now? Like, is it that I want to be hot girl summer? Is it like, I want to be like divine Venus water goddess? Like who am I right now? And what do I want to express? And then there's there's recipes and rituals all through the book to support whatever vibe you're interested in in the moment. Mm, that sounds perfect. I love that. I love it. I have little girls and like the number of face masks that we do in our house. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There's another one for you guys. It's perfect. How about at the end of the summer when it feels like you kind of get that fatigue, you're overwhelmed with the heat in a way and ready for the transition in seasons. And this is what I love about Ayurveda is that like, obviously it's embracing the seasons and like, we can't deny that feeling Mm -hmm. that we're ready for something new. Any practice in that transitional time? Yeah. So I love tea rituals during any transitional time because there's so many different ways you can do a tea ritual. And a part of the practice of a tea ritual is choosing teas that really resonate for you and how you're feeling in that moment. So if you're transitioning out of summer, the season of fire, and you're moving into the fall, and you're really thinking about 
how to release some of that like high vibrational kinetic energy that comes in summertime. And you're really working on this transition into the slowness of the fall and winter. Um, choose teas that match that. So you're probably not going to want to choose like a cinnamon or something that's going to add more fire. You want to choose something that's a bit more cooling or perhaps herbs or flowers or plants that are bringing that sort of grounded sort of energy. And so tea rituals are really great for that. And, and, and you can start to play with it. Like notice twin, notice it in the tea ritual, one of the tea rituals in the book, there's a part about pulling out your herbs, pulling out your teas and doing a little journey through them, smell them, feel them, just see what resonates with you and let your body dictate what you're going to put into the cup. And then give yourself that time to really connect, slow down, enjoy the aroma. Practices like that are really great for transition. I also love, there's a, there's a facial mist in the book that's a recipe called the Rose Facial Mist. A yogi friend of mine visited a Bulgarian rose farm a couple of years ago, and she brought me back a really lovely vial of rose oil. I particularly love this concoction at the end of the summer after you've been in the sun a lot and you're really thinking about that that like slowing down, taking good care of skin. So basically what she told me when she got back, she said, okay, I was with these <clears throat> with these women on this farm. And what they do is they boil rose petals as an anti-aging technique and then they apply the water the boiled water once it's cooled directly to their skin. And so she bought the oil that that they had available, was telling me about this. And I was like, okay, how can I do this at home? So a really easy concoction that's really nice for end of summer is taking taking um, a small, just a small bottle and putting one part rose water, which you can find at a health food store or natural grocery store, and then one part witch hazel, just putting it in a bottle and keeping it in the fridge. And then each day, when, especially when you're noticing you're feeling a little extra fiery and you really want to just cool down, use that rose facial mist to just apply to the skin. You can do it all day long. It's not like it's overly, um, it's, not, it's not full of actives where it's like you can't just kind of keep applying. So little things like that, it's, a, like, it's about the process of making the pro- making your own little product and then doing the application and then what that rose will do for you. It's got all these like great anti- antioxidant and anti-aging properties to it. And I find doing little practices like that, creating your own little recipes like that and a time like end of summer going into fall is also really special. It's like a natural toner. Yeah, it That's is. Cute. So which seasons are associated with which signs? I don't actually even know if I know this. <laughs> yeah. So this, so the signs are really associated with the elements. So you're Or I should say elements. Yeah, Sorry. The okay. elements. Yeah. Which seasons are associated with which elements? <laughs> yeah. So so in astrology, your your um your fire signs are gonna be Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, and then your fire um element is associated with summertime. And then Earth is your Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And then Earth is associated with fall. And then air is Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And air is associated with wintertime. And then water is Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And then water is associated with springtime. Okay. And then how does one work with ether? If they're going to bring it into a wellness practice, is that something you can do? Yeah, definitely. So... Ether is such a cool element to consider. It's 
includes everything that we're made of and everything that surrounds us. Um, Carl Sagan famously said, we are star stuff. And that's always been a quote that's really resonated with me. It's the most essential element of life, truly. It's the building block that makes up our being. It's also the same as what's found in the cosmos. So that's a really cool thing to consider that we're all energy. We're all connected. Um, in ancient times, prima materia was the word that referred to the formlessness root of all of matter. It's basically the mother of all things. And that's ultimately what ether is. It's a blend of stars and soil and the totality of how we all ultimately came to be. So it's different from the other elements and the fact that it's based on everything and nothing. It's also like the absence of the opposing quality. So like, for example, ether would be dark and cold and quiet because it lacks the energy and the warmth that fire creates, or it's like weightless. So it's the opposite of the heaviness of the earth element. And then it's still because it lacks the, the high intensity nature of air and water. So it's kind of like, okay, then how do we work with that? And so ether is especially connected to our intuition our insight. Um, it's our deepest knowledge in the spiritual sense. So when you're thinking about wellness practices that evoke the ether element, think about things that really allow you to go inwards. So that's one way. So I, I love Kundalini yoga. That's a practice for me in which I can really connect to my ether element. I have a lot of the ether element in me. I'm like, mostly ether and air in terms of like my natural constitution, my natural makeup, how I am on any given day. So Kundalini yoga is a really great one for me because it allows me to tap in through breath work and um, meditation and really work with that intuition. Ether doesn't really have a season. It doesn't have a lunar phase. It doesn't have a time of day or any of those things because it has, it encompasses all of those things. So that's also something to kind of think about is you're not going to have your astrology sign pointing to ether. So it's more about noticing when you are wanting to connect to your own micro orbit or like the cosmos. So it's like if you're really feeling called to connect spiritually to like something bigger than you. That's a really great time to invoke ether wellness practices. I love bringing that ether element into my yoga practice through chanting as well because ether regarding the five senses is the medium through which sound is transmitted. So it's related to our auditory perception. So I love chanting. It's one of the reasons I really like Kundalini yoga is, get, is the getting to chant those mantras, those beautiful mantras. It helps to open up the vagus nerve. It's the gateway to our parasympathetic nervous system. So that vibration of mantra really lives in the ether element. So that's, that's a way you can incorporate it. In the book, I also have some recommendations about community gatherings in which you can work with the cosmos. That's an ether wellness practice. Um, Gua Sha, using specific gemstones can be a way to work with ether. Using um, gemstones that are more connected to cosmic properties would be an example. So there's lots of ways to do it. It's just mm -hmm. going to feel a little bit different than the other four elements. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love having that option in the toolbox too. It's just like Again, all and nothing at yeah. the same time. Very meta. Yeah, it is. Meta it's so meta. <laughs> um, in your book, you talk about how the elements and nature in general make us more magnetic. And I I feel that at a soul level. Can you talk about what that means and and you know how that might work into our practices as well? Yeah. You know, I think that when we really start to tune in to nature, we inevitably 
start to align more deeply. We start to reconnect to that child in us that we often really have lost, right? Like I've talked about that witchiness that I had as a kid. And so when we're, when we're connected that way, we are naturally really, really radiant beings, really magnetic beings, but we lose that along the way. And so when we are doing these types of practices, we inevitably start to tune back in. We're nourished holistically and wholly. We start to create synergy between ourselves and the natural elements. And some really simple ways we do that is get outside and notice the summer breeze. Or if you live in a place where it's really foggy, just get outside and notice that water in the air and just, just connect to that. It's That is a connection that takes just a moment to have. Think about why people go sit and watch a sunrise or a sunset and how much that changes your mood when you do something like that or while you'll go out to look at flowers. I mean, right now as we're recording this, there's been this super bloom in California and it's like making the news, these flowers. So think about like flowers making the news is really quite a special thing. And so when we start to tune into that, we inevitably align more deeply. We get connected to a lifestyle that is ultimately more radiant. And then we naturally increase our magnetism. We glow differently when we treat our soul and our skin and our spirit and our body in a way that is really gentle. And when we're honoring the beauty that is ultimately within us. And when we have that reconnection and really start to learn what lights us up, listen to that wise grandmother intuition voice a little bit more, we feel physically better, emotionally better spiritually more balanced. And that is ultimately one of the ways we become more magnetic. And it's, it's like easier said than done. (laughs) And actually that's my next question is like, we're so connected, right? We're so digital. We are, we're doing things right now. I mean, we're connecting. You're in California, I'm in Minnesota and like, it's amazing. And yet this element of being able to disconnect is so key. Yeah. How, how do you suggest, and like, how do you talk about this in the book of being able to like still exist in the world that we live in and be connected, but also knowing when it's time to like bring that balance, bring that back into harmony? Like what are some specifics around that? Yeah. It's so not easy. Right. I mean, you know, I get asked this question a lot, like, okay, what's your digital detox practice? And I'm like, well, I'm certainly not perfect at it. And a lot of these rituals that I created for my own practice to begin with was because of that, because I noticed how inevitably I was constantly on, constantly connected. Our daily news feeds are like bombarding with, with stuff. Like there's always something to freak out about it. There's, we kind of live in this age of anxiety. We live in an age of like complete connection for most of the time. Someone wants, if they want to reach you, they can get you in a matter of seconds, no matter where you are on the planet to your point. Like I'm in LA, you're and Minnesota and like we can literally get on this connection and be be here with one another and we can do this all day long and the digital speed the digital pace has really taken us away from that ability to find natural balance natural connection natural alignment to self and so it's it's really so so needed um when i notice that i've been on the phone or the computer or zoom or whatever it may be too much i ask myself okay what do I need right now? Do I need to go inwards to reset? And is that through a mindfulness or meditation practice? Or is my body and spirit 
inviting me to get outside? Do I need to go check out the natural vibrancy of the world that I live in and just like be with that for a minute? And while most of us, we can't do that all day long, you know, sure, we can take a vacation a couple times a year and maybe like sit outside and really give ourselves that time or like go and do some really great wellness practices perhaps while we're, while we're taking that time. But for most of us, that's like not something we get to do all day long every day. And so committing that time to take technology breaks, to get outside at least once a day, to deciding what wellness rituals you really love that make a big difference in your, the way you feel in your spirit and your soul in your body and tuning into those as frequently as you can is really important. And I am definitely not prescriptive about it out at all. It's not like I will ever tell you, well, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. You got to do the tea ritual first, and then you got to do your hot yoga practice, and then you got to do some breath work, and then do your journaling. And that is the only way. Oh, and by the way, now go get outside and make sure you see the sunrise. And like, that's the way you're going to feel good. I know that that is not reality for most of us and sounds really great if we could do that all the time, but that isn't reality. So my hope is in the book, I'm able to help folks find a paradigm shift of how they're going to approach their well-being, even if that just means go outside today, take a walk, take a look at the trees, you know, give the trees a little bit of acknowledgement, like let them acknowledge you, find little things that help you to connect in that way and, um, and see how you feel afterwards. Yeah. Being in LA, do you find, I don't know exactly where you are in LA. Like, do you find that to be challenging? Sometimes I hear from my, my LA best LA based friends that sometimes like really connecting with nature can be tough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a really interesting place to live because it's like high kinetic energy of a city there. And I live in the city. Um, Mm -hmm. when I was, I've, I'm going into my third year of living here in LA. And so when I was looking for my house, one of the key things that I had to have was a garden. I wanted to make sure I had space where I could go outside and sit in a garden, be with plants, even if I didn't necessarily like grow anything the first year. I just wanted to have the ability to get outside and be with the plants. So that was one thing that was really important to me that I had to have a garden. I needed to make sure I was like surrounded by plants in some way. Um, my house is fairly quiet. I, I like feel really grateful for that, that I live in a city, but yet I've like got this little tiny bit of solitude in a city. But the second I get outside and like go get in the car, cause you do have to get in the car to go anywhere in LA pretty much. There's mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. kinetic energy of the city. So what my husband and I have a commitment around, and we do this pretty well, like we, we hold this commitment pretty well. We make some sort of plan to be really in nature at least once a week. And so usually for us, that's either on Saturday or Sunday, we go to the beach. Doesn't matter what time of the year. If it's too cold to swim, so be it. We'll just go bundle up and like be on the beach. And that is one of the great things about LA is the beaches. There's so many of them. So we've gotten to a place now where we like have our little secret beaches where there's not necessarily a lot of other people and we'll go hang out on the beach. Um, or we'll go take a hike somewhere if that's if we don't have the time and space to go spend a day on the beach, we'll go take, you know, a two hour hike and choose one of the many, many hikes around LA that isn't as crowded. So we won't necessarily go to Runyon Canyon where there's going to be a million people or somewhere near like the Hollywood sign where there's going to be, you know, everybody, every tourist and every local is hiking. We'll go choose something that's a little bit more off the beaten path. Like we'll go find one of the canyons, for example, and do that. And if I did not make that time for myself, I think it would be much more challenging 
to live in a city. I mean, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. So um, that's been really important to me Mm -hmm. to make sure that I can stay on planet Earth while living in a place that's so kinetic. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because it's, I mean, it can be challenging no matter where you are. In Minnesota, it's so cold so much of the year that like being in nature takes a little extra planning. You got to get your snowsuit on. You got to do, you know, some work. But ultimately, it's it is doable, and I yeah. and I guess you know I, I'm just encouraged by what you're saying and like the way people can work around this. Like being in nature is very very important to our well being, and yeah. we learned that when we were stuck inside for a long time. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just um, you know, I know a lot of folks are listening and watching um, the Huberman Lab podcast and Instagram, Dr. Huberman yeah. from yeah. Stanford. I mean, he's amazing. And like one of the things he talks about so much is just get outside and look at get your eyes on the light, get your eyes on the sun first thing. And it will change the way that you are, it'll change your health. It'll change the way that your day goes. And so, you know, I think growing up, I always knew that, that on on days when I got to go like run around outside with my friends, I inevitably like felt better and slept better. And, you know, just life is different when you have that opportunity to like go get outside. But it's, it's, um, and we did learn that in such a big way when we were all at home for all that time. So just giving yourself that moment. And, you know, one of my favorite mini rituals is in the afternoon, I like take my matcha and I like go stand in my backyard barefoot, do a little bit of earthing. And it like resets my afternoon. And then I'm like, okay, I've like had a moment in the sun. I've like had my tea. I've put my feet in the grass and if I've got another four hours of work or another podcast episode to record or something else I'm working on, I'm like reset to do that. And it's like, we just have to remind ourselves of Mm -hmm. like those sweet little practices that truly cost nothing. It's not like I had to go, you know, to go to, to the Equinox gym to get that feeling. I could just do that in my backyard. Right. Right. Yeah. One short story to back up exactly what you're saying. I agree. I love Dr. Andrew Huberman, and I've learned so much about this idea of the ocular nerve and getting sun into the eyes. And I had a baby last summer. I've never had a summer baby before. It was the first time. And I would take her out first thing in the morning, right when she was born. Like she's three days old. We would sit in the back. And she picked up on day and night so fast Mm -hmm. and like sleeps. I mean, started to sleep so well at such an early age, which is something I didn't experience with my other kids because – we they were winter and they were we were always inside and just it was so cool to see what she was was connecting with with the earth on this just simple practice of getting outside in the morning or her and I sitting outside for a few minutes it was awesome yeah so cool right yeah it's just such a good reminder okay can you tell listeners where they can find your book where they can connect with you and i you know you said you have a skincare line coming out that's so cool yeah. we'd love to hear more about it. Spread the word. Yeah, for sure. So you can get the book pretty much anywhere that you get your books. If you want to shop at your local bookstore and support an indie store, if they don't already have it on the shelf, they can usually order it. So you can definitely get it at at bookstores all around the world. Of course, if you want to shop online, you can go to um, Barnes and Nobles or Borders or Target or Amazon. It's available in all those places. You can go to my wellness studio website, which is WeWe Studio, O-U-I-W-E Studio, and there's a link to the book there too. So that would take you directly to um, Amazon, which you can shop from there, of course. So that's that's where you can get the book all, all over the place. You can find me, my blog in which you'll find um, lots of different writers and educators talking about really incredible topics is Wee Wee Girl, O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. I'm 
also that on Instagram. And yeah, the skincare collection is coming out end of the summer. I've been working on it for like two years. It's like taking me way back to my Ayurvedic beauty roots, which feels really like this cool full circle moment. We're launching with three products, which is an AM moisturizer, a multitasking oil-based serum. So it's like really juicy and delicious and gives you a gorgeous glow. And then um, a night balm to sleep in. And it's called Casa Noon. And you can find it at Casa Noon Beauty on Instagram. And then sign up for um, alerts when it comes out and get some sweet little discounts too. So that's all the things. Wonderful. Congrats. That'll be one. That'll be so exciting. Perfect timing. Need a little extra moisture at the end of the summer. Totally. Totally. Thanks so much, Ashley. Thanks for being here, friends. You can learn more about Andy. You can grab her book with the link in the show notes. And again, if you learned something today and maybe it's helpful to share it with a friend, you can always leave a review, text it over to a friend, share it on Instagram, all the good things. Thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful for you and I'll see you next week. 